This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, we've got another nice day on the way weather-wise. It's five minutes after five o'clock on a Thursday morning. Today is the 21st day of March, and it is the first day of spring. And boy, the weather forecast definitely bears that out. Today we'll look for sunny skies. 50 is our expected high. Tonight we'll drop down to around 32. Tomorrow's sunny again. 46 are expected high. Saturday, sunshine and 50 degrees. Sunday, sunshine and 51, but we do have a chance of rain in the forecast. So glad you're along with us. I'm PM Yankee. We're going to be recapping some of the action from yesterday down at the state capitol. Not only did Assembly Speaker Robin Voss hold his first water quality task force meeting, but we had about 300 farmers that were in town for Ag Day at the Capitol. We'll be visiting with one of our agricultural attorneys, Jordan Lamb, on some of the priority items that she sees developing down at the State House. That's after 5.30. And our friend Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist Farm Futures Magazine, catches up with us before 6. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. When their employees live where you live, that's Wisconsin Strong. When they support the local community by giving back, that's Wisconsin Strong. When your insurance premiums stay here, that's keeping Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual has been voted one of the top 50 insurance companies in the nation for auto, home, business, and farm insurance for the 10th year in a row. Their local agents and local employees make us Wisconsin Strong. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. As if agriculture didn't have enough problems with pricing and flooding and all kinds of other things that are going on, are opioids something we say is a problem in agriculture? Bob Bosold at the northern end of the world's longest barn, but evidently it's getting the attention, Pam, of a lot of folks in agriculture, including the largest farm organization in the state. Yeah, you bet, Bob. Fabulous farm bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Yeah, this week uh, the folks from the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation met with the Region 5 Director of Health and Human Services. His name, Doug O'Brien. He has been traveling all across the upper Midwest trying to reach out to rural communities specifically on the opioid addiction and abuse problem. You know, I had a great conversation with Doug O'Brien. One thing that we may forget is some of this opioid abuse is not necessarily intentional. If you're a farmer and uh, you've been in the business for a while, chances are you've got a few dings. You are probably feeling pain a lot of your days. And that opioid that might have been used to uh, treat an injury, now it's just kind of become part of daily practice. And Doug O'Brien says that's not just the problem for the individual, it's problem for the medical community. I talked to him a little bit and asked him where where we really seem to be missing the boat when it comes to the opioid situation in rural Wisconsin. Well, the the first thing, obviously, people see that the opioid crisis is something that has spread to every corner of the country. It's hitting every demographic, uh, every region, uh, and you know, its its impact is being felt everywhere. But one of the things that's interesting is particularly with opioids, we saw a uh, surge in opioid use, particularly in some rural parts of the country, 
uh, much earlier on. And that was then exacerbated over the years when we had really a, a glut of prescription opioids being prescribed, uh, a lot more opi- uh, opiates getting out there into people's hands, people who were uh, misusing them, um, then getting misused by family members and, and getting diverted into the supply. So, so you just saw this spread like wildfire. But we know it's an issue that's been dealt with in in rural America for many, many years. And, you know, addiction and substance abuse issues are nothing new, unfortunately, to a lot of rural America. What really is new is a comprehensive approach and a lot of the resources and knowledge that's being applied to it from the federal, state, and local level. And it's really starting to have a lot of impacts, and a lot of them are really specifically designed to address the needs in rural America. Where do we find that we come up short consistently in rural America? Is it infrastructure? Is it the support mechanisms, the train staff funding? What is it, Doug, that seems to really glare to you when it comes to trying to help rural families deal with this? It is, first and foremost, in rural America, it's an access issue. And we have a shortage of behavioral health professionals everywhere in the country, but it is it is worse by far in rural America. There are huge regions throughout the, throughout the Midwest where you don't have any specialty uh, psychiatry available in multiple counties, where you have a lack of uh, trained clinical social workers. And what we're trying to do is we're, we're, we've launched and we're continuing to explore new ways that we can enhance access using technology. You can't wave a magic wand and create a bunch of psychiatrists. And even if you could, you can't necessarily make them go geographically where you want them to go. So what do we need to do? We need to use every tool at our disposal to make sure people can get access to the care they need. And using technology is a great way to do that. So some of the things we've been doing is working on making the reimbursements better and fairer so that practitioners can get adequately reimbursed for doing things like teleconsults so that psychiatrists who may be 100 miles away can provide care to somebody in a rural setting who needs it. And you know, really unlocking how we use that technology is, is really going to be able to very quickly create more access for people in rural communities. Now, uh, this obviously is something that's not going to happen overnight. When it comes to dealing with opioid addiction, or any addiction for that matter, Doug, what do people, families need to recognize? I think that some are frustrated. They've never been up against something like this. Uh, There's a lot of conversation in farm country about, well, you should be strong enough to do it on your own. How do we get past some of the stigma that may be part of our rural mentality? You, you know, you touched on something that's really important to remember, and that is, and it's, it, you know, you com- combine the resilience of rural population with the mentality we have here in the Midwest. And it is very self-reliant. It's very proud, and it's hardworking. And it goes against sort of those preconceived notions, and really, like you said, the stigma that comes with addiction. A couple of the things that we need to do, we need to recognize that in addiction, there are bad choices that people have made. But 
all of us make bad choices at some point in our life. That doesn't need to be a death sentence. And we have to understand that addiction is a physiological disease. And we wouldn't turn our backs on somebody with cancer. We wouldn't turn our backs on somebody with diabetes. We try to get them the help that they need. And that really, when it comes to recovery, the act of seeking help that moment of clarity is one of the most courageous acts that any human being can undertake. But nobody is going to recover from addiction without support. And if they're very, very fortunate, it's the support of a loving family, the support of a community, the support of an abundance of caregivers and other providers. And those are challenges in rural communities. But what we have to do, in, in the same way that rural communities have a, have a great sense of togetherness and, and working together and, and pride in their communities, they have to have that same feeling about those people who are battling addiction. Be proud of the act of recovery. All of us as a community. And all of us as a community can make sure that those individuals and families get on the road to repair. Because it is particularly problematic. In, in rural America, um, nobody's disposable. We've got to make sure people are getting the help they need so that they can continue to contribute to their communities. And, and really, I think, the interesting thing is, is that a lot of the great characteristics that we see in rural America, particularly here in the Midwest, are some of the great assets that we can bring to bear to help people who are seeking recovery. So where do you suggest that I start then, Doug? Uh, this is not, uh, again, an area that I'm necessarily familiar with in many regards. How do I start trying to help myself or help my family? Well, there are a number of different ways that people can get connected with the help that they need. Uh, the Wisconsin uh, Department of Human Health and Human Services uh, has, has great resources available, and their website is a great place to start. Again, using technology today is a great way to be able to, to get connected with the kind of help that you need and in your area. Uh, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, or SAMHSA, which is part of HHS, also has a connector on the HHS website that can help people find resources in their community. The most, uh, really, some of the more important things that we have to do is we have to also, as leaders and folks like you who really are a voice that people listen to in the community, we have to make people aware that recovery resources are critical. And what we run into a lot, particularly in smaller communities, is a lot of times there's, some re there's reluctance when somebody wants to have a treatment facility uh, in a community. A lot of people have questions and concerns, and that's understandable. But we have to rally and say, you know, it is so much better that we have a facility that is going to treat people and bring them on the path to recovery than to just try to push it back into the shadows and pretend the problem doesn't exist. Much worse to have people who are living in the throes of addiction in your community than it is to have a place for them to go in your community to be on the road to recovery. So I run into that a lot. I talk a lot about it as I travel around Region 5, talking about communities coming together to make sure that that, that treatment capacity is there, it's in their towns, and that 
community leaders step up and show the kind of support that's needed. Doug O'Brien, he is the Region 5 Coordinator for Health and Human Services in Wisconsin, talking with our farm leaders, our rural communities, about the opioid addiction program and how possibly something like broadband internet connection may be able to help. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help identifying two armed robbery suspects. On March 12th at approximately 9.01 p.m., Madison police officers responded to an armed robbery at the West Badger Liquor Store, 714 West Badger Road. Two suspects entered the store with a handgun and demanded cash. One of the suspects struck the female clerk over the head with a liquor bottle, causing a significant laceration that required medical attention. The suspects then left the store with an undisclosed amount of cash, along with store merchandise. The armed robbery suspects were described as two black males dressed in black jackets with black pants. Both were wearing fishnet material over their faces. One suspect stands 6 feet 3 inches tall, while the other is 5 feet 6 inches. If you have any information regarding this armed robbery, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Would it be crazy if you packed your bags and left? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580 or visit PeaceCorps.gov. I-39 Supply, your weekend warrior warehouse. I-39 Supply's word of the day, mushroom. Man, you look in that snowmobile trailer. So mushroom. Trailers and more, five miles south of Portage. I-39Supply.com. Saving a few bucks trying to do it yourself sounds like a great idea until you run into complications. Wiseway Flooring offers cash and carry and we'll even give you helpful tips. But if you run into trouble, we'll be right here to help you finish the project. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit any one of our four locations and see what Wiseway can do for your flooring. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. INeedFlooringNow.com. Killing up every inch of land in the state, except Lambeau Field. That there's consecrated ground. It's Pam Yonke and the Wisconsin Farm Report. Well, we might not be tilling yet, but it's feeling better every day. Coming up on 520 on a Thursday morning in time to check in on weather. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. And I got to tell you, I didn't think people use postcards much anymore, but there's a fella by Campbellsport that sent us a postcard, wanted to thank you and I for bringing up that Florida flywheel adventure that you went on because he had, yeah. he had some buddies down there in Florida. He passed it on to them. They attended and said it was just a Amazing. So just about the time you think nobody's paying attention to us, buddy, there you go. Well, they're always watching you. That's how it works. <laughs> I, well, apparently they found words of wisdom out of your mouth for a change, which is <laughs> kind, of a, kind of a surprise. But the surprise today is how nice the weather is all of a sudden. You know, I feel bad for the folks in Nebraska. They may be having nice weather too, but they got a lot to clean up. They've got a lot of cleanup. We have to keep in mind, of course, there's a lot of water 
and river valley flooding and low areas. That's still going to be a big concern, even though around a good part of the, at least the southern third of the state, there's not much snow left out there. There's still snow further north, and it's going to come downstream. So high water, not out of the question, almost anywhere yet for a while. And mild temperatures that are going to be around here and stick around into the weekend may add to that as well. I don't know about you. I looked at my rain gauge, showed me just over a tenth of an inch from those little sprinkles last night. Mistiness this morning, but a cold front's through. It's clearing out. We're going to get a bit of a break. A secondary cold front drops our temperature. No precipitation, but cools us a little bit for Friday. Nothing drastic. We warm it up again for the weekend. I'll have forecast details right after this. Join the fabulous farm babe, Pam Yonke, at this year's exciting WPS Farm Show, March 26th through the 28th at the EAA Grounds in Oshkosh. Pam will be live in the booth with Focus on Energy Wednesday morning from 9 until 10.30 a.m. So stop on by to say hello and learn about all the Focus on Energy cash incentives to grow your agribusiness's energy efficiency and save you money. Focus on Energy, partnering with Wisconsin Utilities to help residents and businesses reduce energy waste. See you this year at the WPS Farm Show. Less than two minutes. That's all it takes. And suddenly, you become a hero. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee here for my friends at the UW Organ and Tissue Donation Group. They are going to be joining me at the WPS Farm Show, EAA Grounds in Oshkosh. The staff is going to be there all three days, and you can find them in Hangar A, their location, booth 3501. Remember, a lot of people don't like to discuss end-of-life situations, but talking about that donation is different than talking about death. When you share your donation decision with your family, you're talking about opportunity. Take the opportunity during the WPS Farm Show at the EAA Grounds in Oshkosh. Two minutes and you become a hero. Get the facts and get signed up during the WPS Farm Show at the EAA Grounds in Oshkosh, March 26th through the 28th. The UW Organ and Tissue Donation Group in Hangar A, as in Apple, booth 3501 or online now. Donate lifewisconsin.org. When you think of Palmer Amaranth, water hemp, ragweed, and mare's tail, doesn't it just make you want to give them the pounding they deserve? Now you can with Diflex Duo Herbicide. It's the post-emergence corn herbicide with two proven sites of action. So you get powerful control of the toughest weeds, built-in resistance management, and excellent crop safety. So don't just hit weeds. Pound them like never before with Diflex Duo. Learn more at DiflexDuo.us. Always read and follow label instructions. All right, Stu, let's have some more weather details. It was nice enough yesterday I left my coat in the truck. I think it's going to be more of that today. More of that today, you're right. In fact, although there are clouds this morning, especially in eastern and southern Wisconsin, they'll clear, and I expect more sunshine throughout the day. And we head to the upper 40s, maybe a low 50 at La Crosse, with an earth breeze about 5 to 10. Partly cloudy overnight, down to about freezing, maybe just a bit cooler than this morning, and the northwest winds 5 to 15. Sunny come Friday, and like I said, just a little cooler, mid-40s, with north winds about 8 to 18. The sun stays with us, and Saturday we head up to 50 in the low 50s. Winds gradually become southwest, Saturday 5 to 15. Late Saturday night or Sunday, Pam, a little light rain, Nothing major, no big cool downs either. Still sounds pretty mild right into next week. You know, it was funny at Ag Day at the Capitol, the farms that, farmers that came from north uh, Wisconsin, quite surprised that we had no snow in southern Wisconsin. They still got a lot that's got to come off those fields. Yeah, and it's going to still run when it melts. Yeah, no kidding. All right, buddy, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks.
See you then. Stu Mox, our Ag Meteorologist with the weather details. Lacrosse, you've got cloudy skies this morning. You're currently looking at 36 degrees. Mauston, you're cloudy and 36. A little light rain they're reporting in Fond du Lac and 36. Oshkosh, right now you're looking cloudy and currently sitting at 36 degrees. Madison at the airport. Oh, my goodness, where are you? You are currently 36 degrees as well at 525. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Darren College, a former NFL Super Bowl champion, signed the most important contract of his life to serve in the Army National Guard. The National Guard for me was a perfect fit. I've had a lot of military in my family. It's a big part of what uh, my family's done for a long time. I'm, I want to go out there and make a difference. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I didn't find that in the normal day-to-day life. I didn't find that working behind a desk. I realized being hands-on and being a soldier was something that would keep me active, keep me outside, keep me in the, that team environment that I craved and that I needed so much. And then the opportunity to serve my community and serve my country was just I on the cake. I wanted to be in Boise, Idaho. I wanted to be home. The National Guard gave me the opportunity to stay right where I was, to serve my country and my community, and it was the best of both worlds. I grew up flying bush planes in Alaska with my dad. I was fortunate enough to get my pilot's license. I wanted to be in helicopters. I wanted to be a crew chief. The Army National Guard gave me a chance to fly helicopters now instead of fixed-wing aircraft. To learn how to be part of the Army National Guard, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. I was on my second tour of combat duty when I got injured. After extensive rehab and learning how to use a wheelchair, I started looking for an apartment. But many units had steps and narrow doorways. I fought for freedom and thought I would be free to choose where I live. My husband and I are blessed with two young children. Recently, we thought we had found the perfect apartment online, but the listing said no children. Our dream was to have a family. But now that we've found our dream home, we're being denied because we are a family. After the phone interview, we assumed the apartment was ours. But when we showed up, the manager was quick to say it's no longer available. These individuals all experience some form of housing discrimination. If it happens to you, know what to do. Be informed and aware of your rights. The only way to stop housing discrimination is to report it. Take action and visit HUD.gov slash fair housing. Or call HUD's Housing Discrimination Hotline at 1-800-669-9777. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. White mold, sudden death syndrome, root rot. If you raise soybeans, it may seem like you have all the cards stacked against you when it comes to disease. But did you know there is a new cost-effective seed treatment which can help prevent all three? Heads Up Seed Treatment offers a new proactive approach for dealing with fungal and bacterial diseases. Compatible with other seed treatments, hedge your bet against disease this spring. 
Ask your dealer for Heads Up today. To locate a dealer, visit HeadsUpST.com. Bring home incredible internet, TV, and phone services with TDS Fiber. Register now at tdsfiber.com slash radio. Enjoy cyber-spacious internet speeds up to one gig at your home or business. Plus, change the way you watch TV with our whole home DVR. Can't get that with cable. Powerful internet, premium services. Go to tdsfiber.com slash radio to register, learn about bonus offers, and more. TDS Fiber available in certain areas. See website for details. The clock is really ticking if you're planning on joining me for our next agriculture adventure. I'm Pam Yankee. We had a great turnout for our free travel meetings a couple weeks back, and now we're down to limited space for our adventure to Alaska, August 20th through September 1st. And remember, take action by the end of the month. You'll save yourself $400 per person, $800 per couple. Some of the agricultural highlights that we'll incorporate in your tour include visiting the Alaska State Fair and chatting with the owners of the only Alaska Flower Company. Of course, there's all the natural beauty we'll enjoy in Alaska, including the Denali National Park, as well as that three-night Holland America cruise that takes us to ports of call like Juneau and Skagway. Want to find out more? You can jump on my website now, fabulousfarmbabe.net, right there on the homepage, or better yet, make your reservations by calling 800 826 2266 today. Uh, visiting with our friend Jocko, NBC 15 Sports. And, and you know, that, that's, I guess, the comeback, Jocko, for both, is specifically the Rams, right? Because coming off the Super Bowl, and it seems like, you know, the Rams and, and McVeigh, the, the coach, can do no wrong. And it's like everyone wants some of what the Rams have. And you see the Rams say, well, wait a minute, maybe did, did we miss on this? You know, if, if Clay Matthews had gone to the Cincinnati Bengals, no one cares. But it's, Wait a minute! The Rams wanted Clay Matthews. Did did we miss something here? Yeah, that's what it seemed. Especially, yeah, like a guy of you know, obviously still a big name, still doing commercials. He's recognizable. The hair's awesome, but you kind of thought that you know his numbers were dwindling. That that he was on the tail end of his career, and yeah, I, I thought for sure he go. You know, somebody that you'd be like, oh, well, they, they needed somebody to help. You know, their linebackers. You know, or, or the pass rush a little bit. Here's a here's a band aid. But yeah, but but maybe he's you know wouldn't be a solid he'd be a solid backup for for the Rams or you know maybe he gets you know injuries play a big role in the NFL if he uh, finds his way to the starting lineup or whatever that's still better than a lot of other guys uh, you know as much as I think Packer fans don't like to admit he's still he's still a decent football player and then uh, I think the Rams kind of got you know for the money that's being thrown around nowadays they. Maybe at the end of two years they got a steal. So, yeah, it's yeah. I, I thought for sure that he wind up in a, you know, rebuilding or trying to, you know, put in a stopgap. But uh, he's going to Rams. It's a pretty good football team. Uh, now let's get to March Madness and uh, Wisconsin's uh, journey starting uh, Friday afternoon, uh, Jocko. Uh, you know, when when the brackets came out, I, look, I, I thought it was a more than fair seed, uh, the five seed. I thought you know the matchup with Oregon. More than fair, you win that game. You know whether it's more than likely Kansas State or, or the other team, it's more than fair. But you know everyone's, and I get it, right? Everyone wants to be the smartest guy in the room of their bracket. Everyone wants to find that upset, and you know everyone's just gravitating Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you know I get it. They were they were pretty good at the end of the year, but like last I checked, doesn't the Pac-12 suck? And wasn't the Big Ten really good? And it's like. 
uh, okay, so they won a bunch of games in a really bad conference. And yeah, now that's, that's suddenly going to undo this great season Wisconsin's had and what everybody says is the toughest country in in, in college basketball this year, the yeah, toughest conference? The 5-12 five, the seed is like an automatic upset. But I think, you know, l- lately the 6-11 seed has been, been kind of crazy as well. And, you know, my, my, yeah, my first thoughts were, you know, I was I was hoping, I don't know, hoping is the right word, but but I, I thought for sure that uh, that they get a four seed, you know, but but really this this four and five seed uh, is pretty much interchangeable with Kansas State, um, you know, it's the NCAA tournament. The games are going to be tough. It's not like you're going to get you know this this uh, you know easy road to the Sweet Sixteen. I mean, you can ask Villanova two years ago if they thought you know. They thought they had a pretty easy cakewalk through Buffalo, and and here come the Badgers. So winning at the eight, you know, eight seed, and they should have won the game in in the Garden against Florida. You know, it was the it was their game to take. So um, it just I, I don't mind the five seed. Yeah, Oregon, Oregon. I see that's going to be tough all. It's been tough all week to not say Oregon. I've you know I've trained myself to say Oregon, um, and they have a tremendous wrestling program, right? So. Yeah. Well, here's how here's how I remember, Jack. Whenever you think of Oregon, the school, you just you, you do it in your best Billy Madison voice. You say Oregon, more like Boregon. <laughs> I may use that. I may use that. Yeah. You can have that on NBC 15 at six I or ten tonight. You don't even need to credit me for it. You can I'll have put it. Up the 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 Joe Miller exclusive bug. So I I just think that you know it's not a bad matchup with uh, with Oregon and 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 you know Kansas State. I think with UC Irvine. They're playing tough. So, you know, that's a you know a, a tough four seed matchup for them. So you, you get the four seed, you still got to play a tough team, and then you got to play the one of those those two teams. So I don't know. I, I, I think the Badgers have two winnable games on the on the on the West Coast. Um, you know, everybody those four teams in that little pod um, are tough teams. I mean, it's the NCAA tournament. You know, put your big boy pants on and let's go. Right. So you know, I, I think they match up. You're, you're right. Pac-12 is horrible. Uh, has been horrible this year. I, I've seen Oregon lose to uh, an ugly UCLA team in overtime when they, a game they were winning, and they have rattled off a couple a bunch of games in a row. Well, guess what? They had a week off now, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how good they are. And, and then Kansas State will be a tough matchup, and uh, you know, you hope to win those two games and move on to, to Louisville. This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. 535 now on a Thursday morning. It is the first day of spring. We'll have sunshine today. 50 is our expected high. Sunshine tomorrow and 46. Actually a sunny forecast right on through till Sunday. I'm Pam Yankee. Now from Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. So on this date, back in 2006, the world got its first Twitter message or tweet in 2012, they estimated that about 340 million tweets were posted per day. And boy, did that change the way people communicate. All of a sudden, everything in 140 words or less. Also on this date, back in 1952, the world's first rock and roll concert. It was held in Cleveland, Ohio. A radio DJ presented the concert. You know what? It closed down after just one song. Why? Overcrowding. And now you know. Well, we know at this time of the year, Wisconsin's changing weather can be a real challenge for Wisconsin farmers, especially when it comes to manure management. Yesterday, Assembly Speaker Robin Foss had the first 
of his water quality task force meetings in Madison, heard from officials from the Department of Agriculture, Health and Human Services, Department of Natural Resources, and also announced that they're going to have 11 different sites around the state where they're going to have listening sessions for that water quality task force. Water quality, water quality, that's all we heard yesterday at the annual Ag Day at the Capitol. More than 300 farmers were on hand listening to people like agriculture attorney and lobbyist Jordan Lamb. She says the budget is fresh on everybody's mind, and we already know water quality is going to be the theme. So the governor has declared 2019 as the year of clean drinking water. In addition, Speaker Robin Voss has formed a water quality task force, and they are meeting today in Madison, and they're also going to hold a series of meetings across the state, um, moving from south to north so that uh, citizens from across Wisconsin can talk to legislators about their water quality concerns. We also have uh, water quality coming up as credits that we may be trading in the future. I mean, there's a lot of different uh, rolling pieces around all on water quality. There absolutely is. And this is an opportunity for farmers to really engage in this discussion. There's a lot of talk about agriculture and their connection to clean drinking water or contaminants in groundwater. And we know that agriculture and farmers are some of the greatest stewards of the land in Wisconsin. So participating in these public comment periods and working and communicating with your legislators about how you are farming, in addition, supporting the university as they are looking to um, fund more applied agriculture cultural research, that's how farm, farming can be involved in this conversation as it's beginning in Wisconsin. Now, you look at the locations that they've got, some of these public hearings coming up or public meetings. Uh, give us a sense on where we're going to be, Jordan. You know, they always schedule these things right when we're about to get ready and busy with spring field work. Where are we going for how long? So they're going to move from south to north. They started today in Madison, and then they're going to go to Lancaster, La Crosse, Racine, Green Bay, Menominee, Stevens Point, Marinette, Tomahawk, superior and they may add additional locations as well. Mm -hmm. And we're looking for all of agriculture to get involved in this uh, because water obviously big issue for every facet. Absolutely. There's uh, everybody should be participating in this discussion. It's not just about livestock or row crops. It's about the whole rural community. Our farmers live and raise their families and drink the water that we're talking about. They care as much or more as anybody else that we have clean drinking water in Wisconsin. What else are you noticing down at the State House for right now, Jordan? Obviously, things will heat up as the session unfolds, but uh, we talked about those uh, credits that could be trading. Uh, Representative Kitchen's talking about that. And then we've got that task force. What else is kind of something on your radar that you're just keeping an eye on watching for developments? So the budget bill is on everybody's radar screen right now. The governor put a number of water-related initiatives into the budget bill, and now the legislature will take a look at that and decide what you know, what they're going to amend, what they're going to keep. But funding for our non-point source pollution program has always been something that agriculture supported. That's where we comply with the regulations and county land and conservation staff coming out and helping us implement best management practices. So look to the budget, both DNR and DATCAP, for more water quality initiatives this spring. What about things like, uh, you know, the common stuff, the transportation, uh, rural infrastructure? Anything catch your eye there, Jordan? Well, transportation is on everyone's mind, and that is going to be one of the most hotly debated topics in the budget bill again this session. Um, the farm community knows that rural roads are in really tough shape. You can't drive anywhere without hearing people talk about it, and it has a direct connection to the agricultural com uh, com economy. 
we support additional sources of revenue for rural roads and bridges. That is a connection to how we're going to make a living in Wisconsin farming. Mm-hmm. Manure management, another one that it kind of goes hand in glove with what we were talking about earlier, water quality. But with a change of administration, we've got change of staff leadership at DNR, and now suddenly there seems to be some discussion about uh, different manure management regulations, or at least things being discussed about permitting and, and different levels. Are we hearing anything on that? It may not be at the State House yet, Jordan, but are you hearing anything through agencies? So the governor did propose some increases in fees for permitted farms if you have a WPDES permit and also some additional positions in the CAFO permitting program at DNR. It's a little unclear as to how those positions would be used and how they're going to roll out. In addition, DNR is looking at increased um, funding for positions for science and science-based regulation, perhaps, at the agency, but it's a little early to tell how that's going to roll out. How do you suggest that people stay in touch with all these things? Keep in touch with the farm press, the ag press. We are, we're going to be talking to our friends in agriculture and getting the word out because we want farmers to be engaged in this discussion. Agriculture attorney and lobbyist, that's Jordan Lamb. So water quality is going to get a whole lot of attention all year long, but especially at this time of the year. If you want to see some of the materials that the Water Quality Task Force had access to yesterday, they're going to put it all online, waterqualitywy. All right, it's coming up on 542. Quick break, back with Markets and Bryce before 6. To the soybean farmer who knows the early rise, who's there even when times are hardest, whose fingers bless Wisconsin soil, who sows in our hearts and grows for our children. To the soybean farmer, we stand with you. Strengthen the voice of Wisconsin farmers. Join the Wisconsin Soybean Program at wisoybean.org. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. We grew up here, and many of us are farm kids through and through. So whether you have one acre or a thousand. Whether you're building a house or a legacy. Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. And And we're we're ready ready to to champion champion rural together. Learn more at Compere.com. Compere Financial, equal credit opportunity lender. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist with Farm Futures Magazine, coming up. All right, markets in overnight electronic trade this morning are actually very quiet. May corn's up three quarters of a cent. December corn up three quarters of a cent. Currently three ninety six and a quarter. May beans up a penny. November beans also up a penny at nine forty one and a quarter. The wheat for May that's down a half. July new crop down a penny and a quarter. Currently four sixty eight and three quarters. Barrel cheese in Chicago yesterday gained three and a half cents. Settled out at one fifty four and a half. Forty pound block cheese was unchanged at one fifty eight and a quarter. Double A butter unchanged at 228 a pound. Out in Washington DC, legislation's been introduced in the House of Representatives that could actually give an economic boost to young people that are involved in agriculture. Fellow farm broadcaster Chad Smith got an update. 
The Student Agriculture Protection Act of 2019, supported by the American Farm Bureau Federation, would create a tax exemption for the first $5,000 of income students earn from projects completed through 4-H or FFA. Pat Wolf, AFBF Senior Director of Congressional Relations, says the bill would allow students to focus on their education and their projects. The reason for the legislation is to allow allow student agriculturalists to keep more of the money they earn from their 4-H and FFA projects. That would give them more money to put toward their education and to other projects. Wolf says it's important to encourage young people to seek careers in agriculture. The future of agriculture depends on young people choosing agriculture as a career choice. Some students may decide to be farmers, others may work in industries that support farmers, but if there isn't a supply of bright and hardworking students moving into agriculture, our industry will continue to age and its future will be uncertain. She says farmers and ranchers can show their support for the bill by contacting their legislators. Farmers and ranchers who want to support the idea of allowing student agriculturalists to keep more of the money they earn from their projects should contact their member of Congress and ask them to co-sponsor H.R. 1770. Chad Smith, Washington. All righty, Chad, I guess anything we can do to try to encourage young people to take a look at agriculture as their career opportunity, that's H.R. 1770 out in Washington, D.C. Maybe talk to your elected officials and have them find out more and possibly sign on in support. What's supporting our market this morning in Chicago? Bryce Nor next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Dan Cool was standing in line at a convenience store when he saw an elderly man fumbling in his wallet and digging through his pockets. Embarrassed, the man chose to return a box of corn checks to the cereal aisle. Just then, a young man holding two six-packs of Bud Light reached down and scooped up a $5 bill off the floor. He told the old man he saw it fall out of his wallet. The man completed his purchase and left the store. That's when Don saw the young man return one of his six-packs to the cooler. I wish I had been there with Don that day. Why? I would have asked that young man if he'd like to work at Kessler's. But wouldn't he need to know about diamonds? We can give him diamond knowledge. But you don't even know anything about him. I know that he cares about people, and I know that he has character. And those are the main things you look for in your sales associates. Those are the only things we look for. Welcome to Kessler's. Find the Kessler's Diamonds nearest you at Kessler'sDiamonds.com. children were born, it was really hard for me to feel confident and get back to how I was used to looking. So I started looking into breast augmentation and I found out about the ideal implant. And that got me pretty excited because it was a natural look that I was going for without the risks of silent rupture. One of the things that really interested me about Dr. Bartel's practice was that he does specialize in body recontouring, rejuvenation, and specifically he had a lot of good things to say about the ideal implant. I never wanted to look like a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model or Victoria's Secret model. I just 
just wanted to look like me again. It was just really wonderful that I had this opportunity available to me to restore my self-confidence as well as enjoying the joys of being a mom. Dr. Thomas Bartell specializes exclusively in surgical body recontouring procedures and is an ideal implant premier surgeon. For more information, go to drbartell.com. Coming up next, more back-to-back farm stories. This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. 5.48 now as we roll our way to a Thursday. And what's happening in the marketplace? We turn our attention to Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. Bryce, I didn't talk about it a lot this morning, but I see that the president was again doing a little saber-rattling with China, uh, saying that even if they get a trade deal done, they may not release all those tariffs. Uh, What's the market talking about this morning relative to China? Well, not too much uh, buzz happening on China overnight, but yesterday I think that was a factor, just the conflicting statements. Now, the top two U.S. uh, negotiators, uh, that's Robert Leitzinger, the trade representative, and Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, headed over to China next week for what could be the penultimate session of talks, perhaps, before a deal is actually worked out. But again, the conflicting reports about what might happen to the tariffs and uh, basically the president uh, saying uh, that they would keep the tariffs on Chinese uh, uh, goods flowing to the U.S. until China proves that it's actually following through on the trade deal. Uh, Whether or not that would be acceptable to the Chinese, uh, we'll see. Uh, But that has the market cautious uh, uh, about any sort of trade deal. But really, the mood today, uh, ta- uh, focusing on other things, uh, uh, including uh, weather and storms in the financial markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, have uh, we gotten any numbers as far as sales this week? Anything that's caught your attention yet, Bryce? We haven't had any uh, announcements of large daily sales under USDA's daily reporting system. And that uh, could lead to, we haven't had anything really for more than a week, so that may make today's totals for soybeans a little disappointing. Uh, Some uh, folks uh, didn't read the fine print of last week's report, uh, which had some of those daily sales in it uh, that weren't expected. So that boosted last week's total, may hurt this this week's total for soybeans. Those numbers come out at uh, 7.30, the market going to be watching those. But really, it's getting kind of late in the year to be doing much in terms of 2018 uh, exports and demand. So the market really starting to shift now uh, towards uh, spring weather. Uh, That's not only planting and the slow pace of early planting likely to be delayed in a lot of areas because it's so wet. Uh, But also perhaps how much grain has been flooded out. Uh, by the heavy rains that we've uh, seen, uh, particularly in uh, Nebraska, now those floodwaters uh, flowing down the Missouri River into Missouri. Yeah, I saw yesterday ADM and Cargill were both forced to close some of their grain processing and their their grain elevator locations. And like you said, not sure how much grain was there to be hurt, but it's still got to be an issue. And then the railroads have been talking about the great pain that they're going through with all the tracks that got uh, disemboweled. Right. And that, uh, that's kind of a double whammy for the, for the grain market. We started to, uh, to see exports pick up off the PNW uh, due to uh, Asian buying and then also the troubles that we've seen on the river system really since fall. Uh, but now uh, we've got some of those lines washed out. Uh, at the same time, the situation on the 
Mississippi River isn't getting any better. And uh, we have uh, much of the mid-Mississippi closed uh, due to high water. Uh, and then uh, ice remains an issue further north. Uh, we got the latest uh, measurements of ice on Lake Pepin. That's just south of the Twin Cities. Uh, they still have 22 uh, inches of ice. A lot of the locks uh, reporting uh, downstream from there that they're still uh, 100% covered with ice. So th that's going to take a while. And very high water conditions uh, making uh, uh, travel uh, pretty, pretty hazardous. Uh, we still see some movement. Uh, as uh, tows try to make it uh, upriver uh, down on the lower Mississippi, uh, but it's not an easy task, and uh, they have to uh, lower the number of barges that they're moving uh, to try to uh, navigate safely. Wow, 22 inches. Didn't know it was still that deep. So talk about uh, going deep. Yesterday, the Federal Reserve uh, caught a lot of attention with their annual meeting. What was going on there? Well, yes, this was one of uh, eight sessions that the Federal Reserve holds each year on monetary policy, two-day meeting. Uh, their statement uh, was, I think, a little surprising to a lot of investors. Uh, the, the last uh, time they put out their dots, they talked about uh, uh, two rate increases in 2019. Uh, basically, they said nothing now, uh, no rate hikes uh, for, uh, for the rest of 2019 and only one in 2020. Uh, citing some uh, weak economic growth data that's starting to come in. Uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Gerald Powell at his press conference said basically the data is neutral, neither uh, kind of bullish or bearish. So the, that's why the Fed has backed off uh, and uh, hit the pause button on rate hikes. And uh, just that fact uh, kept stocks uh, lower yesterday in the U.S. and looks like that bearish sentiment uh, spilling over today. Now, uh, the prospect of lower interest rates uh, normally would be uh, would keep uh, the dollar weaker. And that's what we saw yesterday, a big drop in the dollar firming again today just on some safe haven buying with all the anxiety hanging over financial markets, uh, not the least of which is coming from Brexit one of those unknowns that's weighing on global growth. Mm. So that in play, along with possible export numbers, what else are you watching, Bryce? Well, uh, we had a very surprising report also uh, yesterday uh, from the Energy Department, a uh, much larger than expected drop in uh, crude oil inventories as our crude oil exports are really taking off. Uh, at the same time, we've seen a pickup in both gasoline and diesel demand. Midwest diesel uh, supplies continue to drop. Uh, that coupled with the hike in crude oil and uh, put the uh, price, the wholesale benchmarks for diesel back above $2. So diesel doesn't look like it's uh, going to get any cheaper uh, if and when farmers get it back into the field. <laughs> right, right. All right, my friend, thank you for the insights. We'll catch up with you next week. That's Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. Joins us live via Skype every Tuesday and Thursday to let you know what's developing in the marketplace. Like he said, 7.30 this morning, he'll be updating his comments as we get those export numbers. It's 5.55. 